So we had a few, thank you, a few topics there. There was the wandering mind, a great, a great universal topic. Uh, physical pain, another great universal topic. Uh, fear and energies and uh, daily life, open eyes, walking, normal. Yeah. Right. Normal, just into a normal mode. How to practice like that. So those are all nice topics, good topics. Um, mm-hmm. So probably one of the most universal ones is just physical discomfort, physical pain. Um, happens to bodies. We do that, and one just has to find the measure of what's manageable. You're starting to get too stressed to the point where you're perspiring because of it. It's probably not, the mind doesn't have the capacity right now to, to uh, release it. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's also just a matter of adjusting one's expectations and one's aspirations to, well, okay, this might take a bit of time or. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to lengthening how, when's the time when I stop, you know, can I take this to the extent which I can still have some sense of, you know, not locked, you know, the feeling that I can, I can work with it, you know, I can be patient with it, my mind can feel peace with it. When's the point which I start to press? If you press it, then you bear with it as an exercise in patience, you might say. And we say now's the time to withdraw from that and pick up more useful theme that gives support to the mind. The mind is now it's tired, it's used up its strength, so it needs to be regenerated. Um, now, you know, if you had some surgery it may very well be the case. Surgery is, is an unfortunate you know, resort that may be necessary but it, it, it's intrusive and you never quite know what they're doing in there you know, because they tend to operate very much in terms of the physical material and all sorts of energy channels and that we don't discern can get entered or blocked obstructed through, through, through surgery um, so that may be the case pinching kind of pain most pain pinches or flares um, and you notice when when I move, how does it subside? When I move out of the pain, if I move slowly out of the pain, so you get to the edge of it, so you don't have to you know, rush out and just ease out. Notice how the, where the energy travels, because the release from that constriction, energy starts to move. And it, just that moment of it, just taking the edge off the pain, so it's no longer so pressing. It's, Relaxing a little. Now how much of my leg is there? And you feel like a, in that, you know, what is highlighted now, the energy is highlighted. Can it travel down to the foot? Can it travel up to the hip? Inner thigh, outer thigh. Is it, you know? So you, at, even at that point, you're kind of staying with it. So it's not like, oh, that's the end of that. You know, got to move with a slight feeling of disappointment. But what happens right there? 
and notice how it's tracking. And that may help to give, because some of this stuff, we don't get it up here, but your body gets it. Well, that's the bit, that's the sensitive. This is the bit where it just needs to tweak itself, you know. And sometimes these areas are transferred, you know, to something in your back. Even. That's not necessarily where it's, where it's occurring, but it can transfer. So that may become clearer. Oh, actually, oh. that's interesting, isn't it? Something's open in the back. Um, so that you kind of use pain not as a as a as a workshop because we can have it, you can have it all your life, and if you if you don't, it doesn't go away. So if we're in the pain workshop, and rather than just oh, you know go out the door, just ease up a bit, a little bit painful, and experiment, play around with the hot, how that's affecting the whole body, how the mind just feels a little bit relieved, gains some strength and inquires into, into it and then perhaps in the softer before the, when the pain is not so acute then it is possible to in, intend the breathing energy through that it's too constricted it's difficult to get in there so one should, one should operate with it if you definitely know it's uncomfortable but it's, no, it's not locked then it's possible to breathe through it and see if you get as full as possible in a map, again, approximate sense of repose, the muscles in the foot. The wider you can, generally, the wider you can spread, that that quality of spreading and widening uh, goes against the constricting and tightening, and that is, is, is a healing energy in that loosening and, 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 and widening. And really, again, for all of us, there's a certain humbling quality to this very basic stuff. <laughs> because it's a constant, um, it's a constant thing that uh, very few, you know, who you know, get through that. Uh, you have to be very, very strongly concentrated to, you know, to get out of that. <laughs> this anecdote of some some elderly monk, you know, who, who did he did some meditation and he had to have some, some, some surgery. So these other monks thought, well, if he needs surgery, you should better do it. Enter samadhi, you know, you don't feel the pain anymore. They're saying, Lumpur, Lumpur, enter samadhi, cow samadhi, cow samadhi cup, just go into samadhi. <laughs> this samadhi wasn't adequate for it. So sometimes this sense of you should be able to overcome pain is a little bit of a <laughs> unfair <laughs> tyrant. <laughs> Otherwise you're not a good meditator. <laughs> well, you know, practice in the workshop. And so with energy, you know, why I, uh, when I say up in your head, really I tend to mean um, constricted patterns in the, in the head which cause pressure. Or sometimes it's just a metaphor for overthinking too much, you know, too much up in the air, too ab- much abstract thought. But um, uh, you know, if it feels comfortable and you know, alive and comfortable, then yeah, you can start there. But then, you know, the recommendation is sort of 
spreading from the comfort through the rest of the body so that that comfort basis becomes more firmly felt and we're also kind of cleaning because what isn't attended with energy may feel okay now but it's like you've left haven't swept your house so you know the dogs might start gathering in there in the future so where it feels comfortable trying to sense what's below my chin and so forth and um, you know contemplate the head in like the head, head sense of head internally and really where, where the neck bone joins the skull and down the back of the throat under the floor of the mouth and so it's, it's, it's very softening skin so it's sort of porous experience mm, I can't remember whether there was anything problematic about that or you're just querying yeah. you experience that when you're sitting not when you're walking right the element of space is sometimes overlooked and that's so important because uh, that's where we can get the, the relief of pressure from uh, bodily experience um, wandering mind Oh, before we deal with that I think I might talk a little bit about your, your question about walking meditation and the, and the sense doors so naturally when we are walking the eyes are open recommended <laughs> uh, uh, so and, and I'm even suggesting from time to time just meditating with the eyes open so you get the and discerning between seeing an object and being aware of seeing that is you can I can see you or I could just notice I'm my eyes are open and there's different that's attention so attention the idea I can just I haven't moved my head at all but look at you I can, I can look at Mike behind you or I could just try to tune to the whole field and being able to do that um, you know, in daily life, by and large, it's going to be eyes are going to dart. They're going to move from this to that object. That's what's required. But it may be the case that when you're sitting in a traffic jam, you live in Bangkok, there's plenty of time to sit there and <laughs> let your attention widen <laughs> rather than you know, nothing to do. Breathing in, breathing out, relaxing. Great a little meditation retreat for the next half an hour uh, so that you can use the sense basis and this rather than just being a, an alternative it can be actually supportive for the, the chitta because it's quite restful you know when the sense field is very wide it's quite a restful experience for the chitta because it's not yeah. and primarily it's the eyes that, that are the most restless that's it, yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's very good. What's wrong with that? Because <laughs> what you give attention to is going to become the object for your chitta. Whatever you give attention to is going to go into your chitta. It may feel numb. It's a bit vague perhaps, but also, you see, when the visual field is quite open, you can 
sense what's happening in your body. It's often when we're visual we tend to lose the body. And the body sort of hunches over and looking at things. And the scurrying of the eyes so again when you s- use that you can also try to focus on the the feeling of the of the physical organ of the eye sitting in the eye sockets like these two balls of jelly right? sitting in your you've got these holes in your skull these two balls of jelly sitting in there <laughs> Uh, and so are they are they are they being compressed are they flickering could the could all this around the eye just relax and how's that feel you're still seeing things if something jumps at you you can immediately focus if something needs to be seen you can look into it but when you don't need to do that take a break you know you can even walk with a soft focus not completely vague but it's you know focus that's reasonably wide because you don't need to see that much and you just keep your attention slightly downturned and then what's that okay see if you, you, you so you're on kind of you're ready to see things if you need to but also you don't need to get that clear. Don't don't bother. Right. Um, this helps the wandering mind because the wandering mind, one thing that it, it uh, uh, it's associated with is movement of eyes. So naturally, when you read something, when we think their eyes tend to move, move around, or they tend to s- stiffen. You know, the wheels are turning. So just as, as your mind is drifting from this to that, having your eyes lightly open, not dealing with the thoughts, it's just buzzing away like the sound of the birds outside or the traffic and you're not really giving them any attention, you're not trying to stop them and you're trying to stop the traffic but you come into just the physicality of the body around the eyes relaxing around here and the temple and the forehead and if you deeply relax here this thought slows down wandering mind isn't just thought of course it's the wanderings of inclination right on well, curious what's happening you know there's, there's the wanderings of the chitta not just the one you know so uh, the, the chitta could just be it's not a bit restless and so again it's helpful to find uh, uh, a basis 
that it can rest in. Um, you know, the out breath. Now, Ajahn Samedo, my teacher, teaches this sound of silence, which can be helpful. As he, it's like the, using the, the ears or the, vision, the auditory sense, and just as one hears the sound of the traffic, I call it listening to the listening. Rather than listening to the sound, listen to the listening. And it just gain edges, and it's quite a big, spacious experience. That may be helpful. Mm. If thought is again, it, it has a certain, you know, just keeps going. Uh, then the other remedy, the other approach is to question it. Like, what what is happening? What what's this about? Is it just curiosity, um, rambling away, curious? No, about this or that, or maybe this that. You know, nothing really deeply passionate or irritable, just rambling away. And who's that? Who's that? You question it. Who 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 is think? Who is the thinker? Or where is the thinking? So, this is a, a counter thought. Um, for a moment, when you counter think, you can only think one thing at a time. So if you're asking the question, who is this? While you're framing that question, who is this? You're not thinking the other things. <laughs> okay? So it's like you counter it. And of course, the question, who is this? Is not to, doesn't have an answer. So who is this? Um, so there's some space there. And you can keep questioning in that way, or if it is a mood, if it's running on a mood that you recognise. Here I'm getting remembering something I remember with irritation or nostalgia. That was really great. Contemplating the mood, heart mood, and you practice with that. So if it's uh, ill will, you practice just letting it subside, coming into your body. You know, releasing the the ill will, depending on what your mind is doing when it's wandering. Sometimes it's just restless. A lot of this is conditioned by life itself, which is always running from one thing to the next. So it's good to be in quiet situations. If it's too quiet for your mind, the mind starts to fill it up because there's not enough to do. So it starts to do something of its own accord. So you don't want it too quiet. <laughs> yeah. you might, so if, it get, if it's like that, it's, it's if your chitta hasn't got something to focus on, so it just starts to create things to focus on. So you want it enough so that you can focus on something. So your chitta's got something to do. And you get it to investigate how does this feel, what's happening here and you find a suitable theme for for that process okay and fear of fear of what's the fear about fear of asking a question wasn't it you didn't have a problem till you till you asked if you had any problems <laughs> that you created them. 
Well, let sleeping dogs lie, they say. You know that expression? <laughs> the dogs aren't barking, leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, well, uh, also uh, suffering is to be understood. Uh, suffering is, has to be understood rather than just don't want to suffer. So when we do experience suffering, what's what's creating that? Uh, what is one frightened of? One's frightened of suffering. What? What? Well, that's reasonable, but that doesn't necessarily undo the roots of it. You know, the underlying tendency. So we may skip it, but if we haven't undone it. Then it's potent. For example, I mean, in sometimes, it, well, most certainly in life one would experience blame, yeah. blame, criticism. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't want to experience that. Uh, so you try to do everything one possibly can to make sure one doesn't get blamed. But then you get blamed. <laughs> Sooner or later. There isn't anybody who hasn't, including the Buddha, <laughs> got blamed. So rather than shrink, oh no, yeah. Well, let me examine that. Uh, uh, if I do something unskillful, it's just like, okay, I need to know that so I can steer left or right. You know? um, what is the fear of blame? It's something deeper than that. It's not about asking for correction is about being rejected, not liked, you know, which is the most painful thing for human beings. Uh, and uh, people can do this to you. Uh, so certainly one needs to cultivate confidence and meta towards oneself so that when these negative influences failure, feeling one has failed, not achieved anything, blamed, uh, a loser, all these things come up, which they will do from time to time. Okay, so, but I'm not, I don't have to be that. I'm not as good as she is because I'm not her, I'm me. How can I be other than this? Sometimes my mind does forget things, so doesn't everybody. Uh, and you get clear about your intentions and your and your chitta where it is. Some people have better capacities for samadhi than others, than I do. So I've got to be with this one. No point lamenting and feeling inferior doesn't help. I've got to be with this one. And with this one, how do I help this one? That must be one's main concern to protect care for one's jitta. So when we notice a tendency to suffer, we want to know this means I'm letting something get in. Yeah. Uh, How does that get addressed? So let's um, pause there and 
as it, so it might not have exactly responded uh, accurately. So if you have, or you'd like something more, please bring it, bring it forth. Ask anything else, or, or follow up. Identities do identities suffer? Identities do. So if you identify with being a monk, you're going to suffer. You identify being a laywoman, you're going to suffer. Identities suffer. So the degree to which the identity has been released is the degree to which suffering has been released. So some people have released it a little bit. Some people have released it quite a bit. Some people have released it completely. Um, and we wait, waiting for the next. Is there any suffering left? Let's check it out. <laughs> Might have a few surprises. <laughs> you think, oh, I'm finished. That's it. Because <laughs> you end up grasping at, oh, I'm, I finished suffering. Well, then <laughs> you got new, you know, the, you know. So ownership is, suffer- is suffering. Agency is suffering. Yeah. Identity is not a person. It's, a, it's, a, it's, an, it's, a, it's a, an event. It's an identification. Identification generally takes a couple of forms. One is, I am the doer. I'm doing well. I'm not doing so well. I'm doing really well. I, I don't know how to do. Well, there's suffering. Even I am doing well is suffering. It's, it's just suffering about to happen. <laughs> oh, I've got something. That's suffering. Whatever you get, you're going to lose. So ownership is suffering. How can you own the end of suffering? How can anybody say I've got the end of suffering? Right? Buddha didn't say that. He said Jitta knows is released. There is release. Doesn't say I am released, there is release. And that may happen to degrees. And uh Maybe a little, another one around the corner, just waiting. Because yeah. identification is not just a simple thing. If you ever go through this list of the what are called the ten fetters, you can see it's quite a quite a complex thing, quite a detailed thing. And it, it in terms of the identification experience, suffering releases gradually, not all at once starts to release around personality, making an issue out of your personality. Personality is like this, you know, behavior, you try to get it behavior right, it's still got a particular form, you know, uh, but it's that, it's a form, it's something we get conditioned into, we're a little tot, little baby don't have much, as you grow up you de- it develops, so it's a natural thing to develop. It happens to you, it's not your identity. Um, so, you know, this is the beginning of it, the kayaditi. And it's generally to do, these are the more conscious, obvious forms of identification. Uh, yeah. Identification with moods, um, identification with being, something. Yarahan doesn't have any state of being something you know the, um, this is 
this is even difficult to conceive. Um, well, everything's relevant. So it's not like just though I cultivate jhana or do mindfulness of breathing. I cultivate jhana all the time by continually understanding where the hindrances arise when I'm walking around and relinquishing it. That's it's not jhana doesn't pop up in mindfulness of breathing. It's developed through a very thorough cultivation of allaying uh, defilements and hindrances wherever they occur, whatever you're doing. So that's 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 the foundation. And so it's the gradual factors bringing them together. So this, um, when you're walking along, there's bringing to mind, there's sensing it, deepening into it, quality of uplift, buoyancy, contentment, that unifies, if you remain steady in that, then we can call this jhana. Remember this is like a jayati is the verb absorb, get absorbed in what you're doing what's skillful to do thoroughly and through the body um, the body is normally understood to be um, the basis for it embodiment because it it brings in the energy of the body see so that the mind uh, you know at least at first doesn't have that solidity and firmness because it flickers so easily so by and large my understanding myself and other people is that the sense of being firmly in the body means that the the energy of the body in its composed way gives firmness to the citta that firming up is uh, basis, an important basis for unification. Um, but also when we look at something like uh, metta, goodwill as a door to the deathless, compassion as a door to the deathless. Um, so if those are taken not just as good thoughts or sentiments but actually as the flowing of, of healthy, beautiful intent, intention and so the mind absorbs into that it is also absorbing into that uh, the theme is there is not one part of one so here you have the sense of the all-encompassing world right that's the that's the, that's the refrain so essentially one's field of experience whether it's in the body or in the mind all of it is saturated in that unifying theme so this is this is absorbing into it. Well, the body's an object, breathing's an object, but as I said earlier, at one point, you know, I'd say there's maybe just a slight distinction between an object and a theme. Theme is a little more dynamic process, and as it as it calms and it steadies, it becomes more substantial so as if the breathing itself as you pick up the sign because one of the features of jhana is you have the bodily sign become steady enough so the mind picks up that sign and it's the mental aspect 
not cerebral aspect but the heart quality that becomes unified the body is you know is unified but it's the unification of the chitta that is is the basis so as we notice uh, you know you pick up the characteristic of calm and ease and steadiness and as the jitta clears the hindrances it's this sense of how the jitta and the breath if you're using that affect each other because that's one reason why they use anapanasati because the breathing and the jitta are very close so they can support each other so you get an effect which isn't exactly body and isn't exactly mind it's a mingling of the two uh, and so it's got this strength and, and it feel it quite in your body it feels quite bright yeah. and then you, you sense that feel that and start using your intention to spread smooth soften So there's the one-pointedness. It's uh, ek agata, and eka single aga aim um, peak theme point. I mean, like you use the point in many ways. It gets to the point. Doesn't mean sit on the end of a needle. It means you know compose yourself on one theme. <laughs> right? What's the point of this discussion? point? I don't see any point. No, I mean, what's the main meaning of it? <laughs> so you look at aga as something like that, the highest. Uh, and so your, your, your unification occurs on what is the supreme unifying feature, that which is the highest, that which is the point, you know. <laughs> but the, the point in terms of it's valuable, it's meaningful, it's, 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 uh, it's profitable. That's its point. Yeah. Get it? That makes sense, you know. And I'm, uh, um, uh, you know, that's that's what I work with. But this is subtle stuff. But again, you know, we work with intention because that's that's what we, you know, if we have anything, we're heirs to our karma. Our karma comes from intention. You, you don't have anything else, really. So when you say cultivate jhana within the breath, you cultivate all the time because all the time you're, well all the time, as much of the time as possible, you're sensing the quality of intention. Too forceful, too distracted, uh, steady, accurate, how is that? Yeah. Whatever one's doing. Well, put it simply, Imagine you're walking through the, the sea or the water and the water is rising. So now it's rising up to your waist, now it's rising up to your chest. Are you aware of the water? You just visualize, imagine that. So you're walking. So although you're certainly aware of the movement, you're also aware of the edge of your body as you're walking. And you're walking anywhere that's a little bit dangerous or uncertain like you're walking on a, a thin plank you're also very careful about your balance yeah. so even though you're, you're certainly walking wherever your feet you're also 
whoops, I'm getting wobbly. So, yeah, so we, we're aware of the entire body in that way. Not I'm aware of my ears, but I'm aware of the, the center of the body, you know, the sense of balance, the sense of movement, the sense of space around me. Yeah. Now we, we can have that while still experiencing, you know, the sensations. You understand? And that's helpful because as we see the sensations are just well, that's quite irregular really. This what's what happens then between one one footstep and the other. Mine drifts. But if you're aware of the movement experience that's going on and the balance experience and the sense of space around you, that's always there. So be with the flow of it and again a little basic tip is keep your eyes slightly downcast and because the eyes moving around is one of the ways that uh, we lose we lose walking meditation. So any of these meditations they if it's too you, the body feels too subtle or I can't get it then add some words to it simple word like I'm walking so as I lift my leg I say bud put down do bud do or moving simple word just because then it gives a little bit more for the mind to engage with like you're using another hand on it rather than just just awareness itself add something to it same with breathing you may find that helpful or a supportive word like calming, all the time in the world, all the time in the world, no hurry, you know, <laughs> just soothing, soothing murmurs <laughs> may, may help to, to get your, in, in your chitta just nicely comfortable. In daily life, it's uh, one uh, can repeatedly bring back recollection. In your daily life, you're doing, you can't necessarily be with your breathing, but you can recollect things like, "I own nothing except my karma. I only own my karma. I only own, I only own my intentions." So it just helps to adjust one's um, inclinations. I only have to fear bad intentions. My bad intentions, the only thing that really I should be frightened of. The rest of it is uh, you know, it's a dangerous world. So recollection, helpful. Karma is a, is a good recollection. Recollect karma. Now do what is helpful, skillful. Uh, Recollect death regularly helps to clarify that the mind gets to the point. So, anything else? Cooking. If uh, so, there'll be another another session. So, for for you. And if you have any written questions, 
that can go in the on the table and I'll try to deal with that otherwise we'll have another session in a couple of days time